turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. As I welcome you into a Thursday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, is at the podium voicing uh, what I already knew in my heart, uh, but was hoping against hope would not happen. Uh, Nancy Pelosi up there with her uh, Botox-inflated lips and her sunken eyes and her evil countenance is uh, saying that the uh, reconciliation bill on a budget boondoggle is inevitable. And I know it is. And I knew it is. Uh, I knew it was last night when I first started to hear that, oh, you know, Joe Manchin's not on board and all this kind of stuff. Uh, It's just another headline in another day, debt ceiling, trillions, billions. It all blends together in my mind. And I wonder uh, how it lands on you. Have you become impervious to this? We've had eight months of uh, leadership. We've had eight months of Biden. I wouldn't say it's leadership. Uh, It's an epic disaster on all fronts. Uh, we have crime locally. Uh, we have uh, a border mess. We have an Afghanistan humiliation. We have uh, a military that I don't have confidence in anymore, the leadership at least. And it can be overwhelming. And I try not to let it overwhelm me, and I try not to let it overwhelm you. But it is interesting how the national stuff uh, filters down to the local level and even the personal level. I got a call this morning, and I'm uh, more than willing to take your call, by the way, at 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Nine eight nine. That's our number here on the Bruce Hooley Show, and you can take us with you wherever you go with our apps, iHeartTuneInRadio.com, and the Answer app. So I got a call this morning from a friend of mine who set up his own business about a dozen years ago. Uh, it has flourished through his hard work, and he called me today in uh, a bit of a fret over what he's just read about in news reports as. Uh, an intrusion of the Biden administration onto IRAs. The IRA uh, was established, I don't know when, I remember when IRA started, as a way for the common person to come up with a hedge against what we started to think, I'm going to say 30 plus years ago, might be a skepticism of, the adequacy of Social Security, right? Like, my parents were counting on Social Security. Me, (laughs) not at all counting on Social Security. If you're 10, 15, 20 years younger than me, I would tell you, don't count on Social Security. Now, Josh Pick, who joins us here on Mondays for Money Monday from Aptus Wealth Management, Josh and I have talked about retirement a lot. We've talked about Social Security a lot. We've talked about IRAs a lot. And... Josh's view of it is that Social Security won't go away, and he's looking at it, I think, through a political lens in that he knows that there'd be this tremendous backlash 
against whatever politician said, sorry, Social Security out of money, no money for you. Because if anything is proven by the lip-smacking presence of Nancy Pelosi up in front of a microphone right now, looking like the hook-nosed child catcher in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as she tries to rid the earth of kids by abortion and public education, if anything is proven by her presence up there, it is that they will always print the money to finance their stupid financial decisions on the federal level. So Josh is right. Social Security isn't going away. But when your gas is headed toward how much per gallon a decade from now, anybody know? It's gone up a dollar in eight months. You can't be sure that your IRA will be sufficient to augment Social Security anymore, particularly in a day where Joe Biden now wants to tax your IRA. That was like the reason why you opened an IRA, right? Oh, Put it in there, tax deferred. Mm. Well, you must qualify as rich. I'm not going to raise taxes on anybody who makes less than $400,000 unless I see a big chunk of money sitting over there somewhere that I can get my hands on to provide tree equity. So this little opening commentary by me is more about the depression in the tone of voice of my friend today when he called. And as we moved from His angst over the threat that the government might get their hands, its hands, on money he had set aside years ago trying to be a prudent planner for retirement. The inevitability of the fact that as a quote-unquote little man, average man, normal man, common man, he said to me out of desperation, he goes, I've tried to work hard. I've tried to provide a life for my family. I've tried to bulletproof my own future, take care of myself, not depend on anybody else to take care of me, but to take care of myself. And he said, we used to love that and prioritize that and reward that in America. And he goes, why do I feel like now, no matter what I do, I'm headed for an era where there's going to be a depressing sameness about everybody, financially, emotionally, psychologically. And then he said something that snapped me back to reality. He said, it makes me feel like I don't even want to get up to go to work in the morning. And I said to him, my dear friend, that is the purpose behind the obvious. The obvious is, hey, there's your IRA. I want to go grab a piece of that. For tree equity. That's the obvious. We can all see that. That's the policy. But what's the purpose behind the policy? I think the purpose behind the policy is to crush our will, to crush our spirit, to crush in us the things our parents implanted in us, the things our appreciation for America, authentic America, not the nonsense America that gets Ibram X. Kendi awarded a $650,000 grant as some kind of a genius mind. No, it crushes in us what's authentic and unique to America, and that is anybody can make it if your work ethic is hard enough and if your idea is good enough. And so I said to my friend, I said, look, I know it's hard to press on, to persevere. But you have to, because if you don't, 
the bad guys win. That's just it. And you have to look at it in that realm. You have to look at it as, I'm swimming uphill, I'm running on the treadmill, I'm striving and I'm not getting ahead, and I can't fight back against these forces, and they trump my ace on everything I try to do to insulate my life from them. They're coming after me on vaccines, and they're coming after me on masks, and they're pretty soon not going to let me probably fly on airplanes or this, that, or the other. And it can get to be overwhelming. And it can get to be so overwhelming that you just say, I'm done. I'm I'm not fighting anymore. Then the battle's truly over. Then the battle's truly over. Can't do that. We've got to stay engaged. We've got to stay informed. We've got to stay motivated. We have to continue to believe in the goodness of our ideals And we have to never stop standing for the things that we know to be true. That's my message to you today. We're going to talk about a Marine lieutenant colonel who did that. He's paying severe consequences. We're going to talk about Columbus police who are under duress. Some who should be because they, it appears, clearly broke the law. Others who shouldn't be because they live to the letter of their training. But remember, the Messiah said, in this world you will have trouble. We're not promised a cushy existence, but we are charged with standing firm. Everything you stand on that moves is an unstable foundation. The truth does not change. That's the foundation we got to stand on. That's what we got to fight for. The goodness, the virtue, the ideals of America. As it was founded, not as have been misportrayed and mislabeled and misappropriated in this era. Sadly, by our president and the party that follows him and uh, enables him to spread his lies and um, practice his incompetence. But better, (laughs) as the great Andrew Clavin says, you may lose a fight. You will never win a surrender. So as I sat and watched my daughter play soccer last night, I pondered our country and where we are and uh, basically just kind of tried to embolden myself to continue this battle. I will, uh, in the next segment, at the outset of the segment, tell those of you who are in the Olentangy School District uh, about an event on Sunday uh, where you can get to know a couple board candidates better, a couple board candidates that I think you should... uh, Give strong consideration to. Uh, they're not incumbents, but if you're in the Olentangy School District and you don't like the direction of the district, uh, you don't like the fact that you have three, not one, not two, but three diversity, equity, and inclusion officers, well, I got some candidates you might want to evaluate. Uh, I wish the people of San Francisco would have long since better evaluated their representative in Congress. She is Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. 
Uh, she was up at the podium just moments ago, smacking her lips and uh, spouting quintessential Democratic talking points. Here's a little taste of Nancy Pelosi. To build back better and to do so in a way that uh, honors our, our climate goals, uh, honoring our responsibility to our children to convey this planet in a responsible way. Uh, let's talk about uh, conveying our responsibility to our children. That's what the Democrats are all about. The children. Stealing the children away because, you know, as you heard the Virginia governor yesterday, Terry McAuliffe, say, I don't think parents should make the decisions about what kids study in school. See, they know better than you do. They want your kids. They don't love them like you do. They don't provide for them like you do. They just want them because they're afraid you won't raise them the way they want you to raise them and indoctrinate them the way they plan to indoctrinate them. Let's listen to Nancy say the quiet part out loud today, moments ago, rather, in Congress. That does so that respects uh, the needs of, uh, not needs, the opportunities for working families with issues. So all jobs, jobs, green technology, jobs for uh, women in the workplace, dads who may need home help. Isn't that interesting? Jobs, 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 green jobs, of course. Did you notice how she muddled, reversed, the traditional male-female roles. Now, look, my wife works outside the home. My mom worked outside the home. Stood on an assembly line in a factory for years and years and years. I have no problem with women working outside the home. But is that progress? Is that innocent statement of a modern world when Nancy Pelosi says, well, you know, women who work outside the home and, and, and men who may stay at home? She doesn't do that accidentally. She does that purposely. She wants to remove all distinctions between men and women. I don't know exactly why. I just know it's not a good intention on her part. Uh, so uh, all the things, child tax credit, child tax care, uh, child care issues that relate to universal pre-K, uh, home, health, home health services. See, you don't need to provide for your kids. Government will provide for your kids. Child tax credits, child tax care, universal pre-K. We'll take care of your kids, America. It's all about the children. She said that today. It's all about the children. The children. The children. If you have a senior or person with disabilities in your home, some of you know this. You hear it every time you come here. Uh, but I just want to make sure that you, it is reinforced as to why this is important because it's jobs for women. It's jobs uh, for people who have been previously underrepresented. Build back better. So- Oh, don't you feel so much better knowing Nancy Pelosi has your back? Oh, yes. Yeah, but she's got a knife in her hand, Bruce. Yes, I know she's got a knife in her hand. Speaking of home health care, there was an interesting story this morning in uh, what passes for our local newspaper. And it was all about shortage of home health care workers leaves families scrambling. Okay, so... I saw the headline and I thought, hmm, I wonder if at any point in this story they are going to say anything about the fact that they're short of home health care workers because 
a lot of them have quit their jobs when forced to get vaccinated. I doubted that would be the case, but I enjoy a good moment of self-correction as much as the next man. So I read the story, uh, written by a reporter that I know, Ken Gordon, Columbus Dispatch. Shout out to Kenny G, former Buckeye football reporter, now doing the bidding of his editors. So Kenny writes about a sweet lady needs home health care. My mom needed home health care. I can identify. It's a very, very, very sad situation for the family. You got jobs. You can't be there all the time. I totally get it. Totally get it. And Ken writes about her and her situation and the lack of home health care workers. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the cause. I'm waiting for any mention of number of people who have quit from being forced to get a vaccine and they feel like something they don't want to do and so they got to find other work and he does not get to that which was what i expected but he gets to other things now why do you think we have a shortage of home health care workers as i read down through this story i should have been savvy enough to know that eventually we would get to can you guess Racism. Yes, racism is a reason that we don't have enough home health care workers. And anything else? Anything else you can guess? Sexism. Yes, sexism is a reason because too many of these workers are women. Not enough of them are men. I don't know if in that reasoning, Ken Gordon and the dispatcher saying that women are quitters, women can't be relied upon. I don't think that's the message he meant to convey, but I mean, I could think you could logically draw that conclusion from the fact that he says uh, too many uh, black women are home health care workers and they've walked away from the job. Maybe they just don't want to get the vaccine. No, no, no. The closest Ken Gordon gets to mentioning anything about the vaccine is the COVID-19 pandemic only exacerbated the issue. Uh, as many people left the field not willing to risk infection in people's homes for such low wages. Hmm. Hilliard resident Kim Kelly says Ohio is experiencing the worst home health care provider crisis in its history. That's where we're at. That is indeed a crisis. It's a terrible thing. But can you really fix a problem if you're not going to look at the underlying cause? Nobody's quit their job because they're required to get a vaccine. Nobody? Mm, I find that hard to believe.